This episode of the Star Wars Report podcast is brought to you by Tops. Check out their brand new Stellar Signature Series Premium autographs available in hobby stores everywhere, as well as the Last Jedi series out right now. Also, Sperry, three brand new holiday designs to make your Star Wars fandom stylish. All right, guys, welcome. It is the official reaction review podcast spectacular. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Uh, we have a movie to talk about. It's Star Wars. It's The Last Jedi. Uh, and let's talk about it. We're sitting in person, live from Austin, Texas. Do you have a name for these studios, Brian I should. Brushwood? I should. I was like, uh, we uh, need well, to christen well, it. Like, uh, the yeah, Modern uh, Rogue Spectacular uh, Studios. Yeah, I, I, I like two of those three words. <laughs> <laughs> the Modern Spectacular Studios. No. Um, Brian Brushwood, uh, host of The Modern Rogue and Cord Killers and there's 17,000 other By the way, projects. I didn't realize that I was available for rent in this studio, but apparently all you have to do is buy uh-huh. me four tickets to any <laughs> premiere of a Star Wars movie and you're able to record whatever you want here. Uh, listen, we may have had ulterior motives. You're like, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with how close you're getting to the truth. Hey, sitting to my left is someone who does not get to podcast with me nearly as much as I'd like anymore because of all kinds of like, I don't know, duty and country and stuff like this. But hey, it's my sister Bethany back on the show. What's hey, hey, on, here to talk Star Wars. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Uh, any way to get me out of my hole that is the schoolhouse to mm, see the sunlight mm, is just say Star Wars and then I'll come. Yeah, listen, it's it's that most wonderful time of the year and we're not talking about Christmas. Um, (laughs) Let's also talk to my friend Bailey here. You've been on the show before, though. Yeah, yeah, I've been a couple times and wasn't at all contentious or, you know, unusual. Another member of the United States Air Force. And let's make it three, uh, Chris Sandor. Hey, how's it going? Have I ever had you? Have I ever... No, this is my first time. I've so. secretly recorded you several times. Oh, okay. That's like good to know. Really <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. <laughs> you remember from podcasts no. like Going to the Bathroom yeah. and Vomiting, <laughs> Episode 7. What did you think of Mask yeah. All right. Uh, no, all right. So this is going to be just sort of the initial impressions episode. We're not really going to get in deep until next week. We have a long series of shows planned to really dig into this film and the different themes. But, Brian, I just want to start with you. Uh, what was your experience like going into this movie? Like, how much did you know? And then what was that immediate process in those you know, few minutes afterwards where you're like, what did I just see? What was your initial reaction? This was the first uh, Star Wars thing that I, I I think I I went out of my way to avoid. I never saw the second trailer and and Ah. I I, I wasn't a baby about it. I was like, if I happen upon it in the wild, I'm not going to worry about it. It, Mm -hmm. It's fine, but I'm not going to go out and seek. And and, and what did it was watching Thor Ragnarok and thinking how great that first act would have been if you hadn't seen the trailer and Mm -hmm. you didn't know who the guy's champion was, right? Yeah. So likewise, I was like, if there's any chance of me preserving that, I would like to do that, and I and I largely did. In fact, I unplugged from Twitter on your advice twenty four yes. hours before. I was I was kind of preachy about it, but I was yeah. like, stay away, <laughs> stay away from the spoilers. Well, and uh, going into it, we saw it at the Alamo Draft House, which gives a curated section of videos. Some of it is curious old stuff. Some of it is mm-hmm. you know YouTube videos like the bad lips, uh, bad lip reading, and so on. Um, but I was surprised. And keep in yeah. mind, for anybody who doubts my credentials, I am somebody who loved the original trilogy very, very much. I read uh, a vast majority of the uh, of, of the expanded universe <laughs> yes. novels and all that stuff. Uh, I, I was among the brigade who was most uh, deeply hurt by the the prequels not being as good as I wanted them to be. Or sure, whatever. sure. But for the first time, I was like kind of bored by the pre-show where it's like, yeah, no, I get it. Someone in Japan made a commercial with C-3PO <laughs> and R2-D2. smoking in 1979. Yeah, no, you're right. So. He, he does look like a like a, a vacuum cleaner. Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 I, I get it. And, and all of a sudden I realized, like, when those credits rolled, 
I realized I was perfectly primed because I was not expecting anything. And and this was a mm-hmm. running joke between us. Yeah. Was like, don't go in expecting anything. <laughs> it's it's Rogue One Part Two. It's Rogue Two. <laughs> the, the, didn't you wonder what happened before Rogue One? No. Uh, but uh, uh, I gotta say. That moment, I, I didn't feel that that blast of excitement, nostalgia, that when you hear that fanfare, mm-hmm. when you see the Star Wars logo. But part of me loved that because now I was meeting a Star Wars movie for the first time since I was a kid on equal footing. Like, I yeah. was not giving it any quarter. I was not giving it any special pluses for being a Star Wars movie. Like, I'm going to see this, and you're going to have to win me over. Mm. Uh, spoiler alert, won me over. Uh-huh. It, it was okay. it, 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 okay. it, out of all the Star, Star Wars movies, it reminded me the most of what I loved about the novels, and I'll, okay. I'll expound on I'll expand on that later. Well, let me bring Bethany in because that, that's an interesting take. Because you're going to get largely positive reactions from us. I've actually the interesting thing is I've never seen such an instantly polarized reaction amongst the fan community. Like, I mean, Star Wars movies, there's always strong opinions, usually on both sides of everything. But uh, Bethany, when you, coming out of this movie, was it something that you? I, I don't know what what's that. What's that process like for you in those last few minutes as you're you're coming out for the first time? So when I was coming out the first time, I I was stunned. Mm-hmm. So I I went into the movie expecting to really like it, but I wasn't sure if I would necessarily love it. And it was one of those things where I was seeing it on a Thursday, and a Thursday is a school day for me, and so it was kind of tough because I'd been like in class or studying for around 11 or 12 hours at that point, yeah. and I forgot to eat dinner, and I rushed to the theater, and I got there, and I saw it with about 14 or 15 other Air Force officers. Nice. And Thumb, so... General thumbs up? General thumbs okay, up, but we yeah. did have some of that polarized reaction. By the way, reaction. of all the commanders, general thumbs up, you don't mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. And like I think this is why, and I'm just going to say this up at the front. I think this is going to be the the conversation you most commonly hear as people process this film, is that it is a sort of it is a rejection of certain common themes of Star Wars, and some people really like that. Hands yeah. up, hands I do. Up. Hands up. Uh, yep. Some yep. people yep. are really having a hard time with that. But what I liked about it, and I'm going to cast this in my reaction because this was my positive takeaway, because I came out of that film being totally blown away with that sense of like, I need to see this several times to really process it. Same. Not in the way of like previous Star Wars films. Like, like I'm sure there's going to be stuff I missed. In this case, it's just like there was no three-act structure. There was no, like, Joseph Campbellian, to make up a word, uh, predictable plot. And there are so many twists, so many characters that just didn't do what you expected and even in some cases wanted. I was like I was wanting a certain result and I was like sold and like, yes, Finn is gonna sacrifice himself. It's gonna be like Game of Thrones level. I'm ready. Oh, and they didn't go there. But you know that kind of makes sense. So I had like yeah. that was constantly happening the whole movie. They did a good enough job. Uh, to me, there's one thing that is if there's one takeaway, is at every opportunity, Ryan Johnson figured out a yeah. way to subvert your expectations. And that was like the most delicious candy dish I had gotten in the Star Wars universe forever and ever and ever. Like, even that moment where they lead you down the primrose path of like, oh, I don't know, there's an old rebel outpost over here. Oh, I don't know, the ground looks white. I wonder <laughs> what it is. Uh, screw you with salt, <laughs> you know? And that's, I loved it. I and loved that's, it. Listen, that you put it best, because you said this right after the movie, and I've been thinking about it in the days since, and we just saw it again this morning, but it's a there's a lot of screw you moments yes. to the point where I yes. found myself mostly delighted by them. <laughs> and I think some people were like, like, no, don't screw me. But like to that point of where it's like, 
you know, it's he's the you know he's the evil. Uh, is he gonna help? What's the, well? Okay, so even in the me. middle of the movie, Luke tells Ray, "This is not going mm. to go the way you think." Yeah, and I was just like, "That is a metaphor for the entire movie." And yeah. it well, was that subversion when... of expectations that yeah. I think some people really struggled with, and what made me leave the theater. And I was like, "What do I even feel?" I know that it's a great movie, and I know I like it, but I don't. I feel well, stunned. Yeah, and like, and like Chris had a great reaction to this because he had a, like a really negative first reaction. You were at like first. sitting, Whoa! and I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over I, to I, him. I want to hear, I wanna hear this version of of, of the telling. <laughs> Here we go. So it's kind of interesting because I'm watching the film and I'm seeing all the the you know it's it's I was going in thinking that the film was going to be like an Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi sort of you know film, but it. But it didn't have that flow. It didn't have that no. same character. It is a it is a new character in a Star Wars film. But while I'm watching it, I'm sitting like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I expected. Sure. And it just so actually it I had to do some soul searching after <laughs> after we saw the film and I'm sitting in, you know, we went back to the hotel and I'm sitting flipping through my phone and I'm I was watching clips from old Star Wars films. I'm like, they didn't do this. They didn't have this. They didn't. You were building you know, a dossier. Yeah, I'm like, they they added things in. I didn't. Yeah. I don't like this. But but after I slept on it and I came back and we saw it again this morning, mm -hmm. it it dawned on me. It it is different, but it's different in a in a new way. That's it's carrying the franchise in a different direction, and that's that's really what yeah. these, these new but episodes it gets are back about. To the, Ryan Johnson, he does have this almost kind of gleeful, aha, screw you, threw the lightsaber over, haha, screw you, the code breaker's a traitor, haha, screw you, you know, like, yes, yes, oh, ha -ha, yes, screw you, they're about to like fix everything and they're gonna break the code and jump to light speed, haha, screw you, that's not the finale. And, and there's a lot I'm of not that. gonna say this is how everyone should feel, but I know that in the world of magic, a teller of Penn and Teller once told me that the cardinal sin of all magicians is they say what they're going to do and then they do it. And what he meant by that is, like, great magic comes from surprise. And as yeah. he put it, he said, put two plus two right in front of me. Convince me it's five and then reveal the truth. Four. Ha ha. You know, in, yeah, that, yeah. in that screw yeah. you moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I felt that over and over and over again. Every moment that in your – here's a litmus test. Watch the movie and every moment, if you haven't seen it, every moment you feel like, ah, I bet this is – guarantee it's a left turn when you expect it to be a right. I will say that it's almost fatiguing at a point where you're like to you maybe man. I've been waiting 30 years for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was feasting the entire time. It's almost like I feel like the Ryan Johnson ver version of Revenge of the Sith would just break out in like the middle of the duel at the end of the movie in the lava planet. There's just a dance party. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I don't remember what scene it was, Brian, but at some point I was, and, and we weren't actually, we weren't sitting next to each other because we had seats in different sections but at some point I heard you laughing above everybody else in the crowd like, and yep, I was yep, like yep. he loves this movie that's <laughs> awesome well and, and I uh, same thing I didn't sit with my wife or my daughter but there was that one moment when Leia shows up she goes I know what you want to ask and there's an attention and she goes like yes I changed my hair and then I heard both Penny and Bonnie cackling it was great um, <laughs> that's so, amazing uh, Bethany you brought up the, the sort of speaking between the lines which reminded me of one of my favorite parts of the novels uh, the Timothy's on books, you had um, uh, you know, the heir to the empire first trilogy. Yeah. Then you had that 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 uh, what do you call them, a duopoly of duology, uh, yeah, duology, yeah. 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 Um, but during it, uh, there's this moment that Mara Jade turns to Luke Skywalker and just excoriates him, saying like, "What are you doing?"
doing? This is insane. A real Jedi master uh, on the light side wouldn't use powers like blank and blank and blank. And it's like, as I'm reading it, I'm, re- I'm like, that is a very specific laundry list of complaints, grievances against Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and then halfway through reading it, I realized, oh, this is not Mary J talking to Luke Skywalker. This is Timothy Zahn talking to the other authors of the Star Wars. Star. And likewise, that was a delightful, there's like four moments during this movie where they say, they're, they're talking ostensibly to other characters, but they're saying to the audience, let go of your old heroes. Yeah. You don't have to worship the it's old funny. trilogy. Open yourself up to something new. These are all just dead words in old Time books. Time to let old things let die. Them, yeah. Yes. And, and, and having that cameo, by, man, that cameo. With, oh, we, this, I did by the way, not expect, I'm going to also tag this on everything. We're spo- everything spoilers. Yes. So, yeah, you're, yes. good. you're good to go. Yeah. I, like, if you told me that there's a cameo from Yoda, yeah. I would have rolled my eyes so hard they would have rolled right down the street. <laughs> yeah. Loved every second of it. There are, Loved it. There are so many moments, and that's the thing. We can't really – this is not the thorough review. I think what we want to do is sort of a round robin of, of, of favorite moments or maybe moments that jumped out to us. Um, but uh, but before we do, we gotta we got to tell you guys about just literally as you're listening to this, launched this weekend. What? Is the Topps uh, Last Jedi uh, card series. All right. Talk me through talk me through these cards. Because so, yeah. Topps is- I, 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 I keep in mind, mm-hmm. I've got an addiction. i got okay. an addiction problem. <laughs> so you might be giving me my first I'm bite for a- free. Allow me to feed that addiction. <laughs> no, so um, – of course, we ha- we've been talking about the last few weeks the journey to the Last Jedi card packs, but here's the deal with the new Star Wars movie is there's a lot that they can't reveal beforehand. So just out this weekend, you can get Topps cards and hobby boxes that follow all the characters and all the moments from The Last Jedi, including... Each hobby box has a chance to get autographed cards from I don't know people like John Boyega. What? People, yeah, yeah, people, yeah, Daisy Ridley, Mark what? Hamill. Like they have some amazing autograph series, sticker cards, and and premium. Some of my favorites are the premium card decks, like the Stellar Signature series, where they're doing cards on like actual physically uh, shined and, and and polished wood, like and then engraved. It's like there's a, some amazing series. You need to check it all out. It's at tops.com. Tops.com. It's the new, brand new Last Jedi series because it's no longer the journey to the Last Jedi. It's here, and so. So it makes the perfect set of Christmas presents. Uh, get yourself a hobby box right now at tops.com. Hey, would it would it help if everybody tweeted Tops and thanked them for supporting at Tops Star Wars with, Report? With two P's? Yeah. At Tops? Yeah, at yeah. T-O-P-P-S? Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Maybe, yeah. maybe let them know uh, what mm-hmm. you think of uh, this be, little here. Be not, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not I'm not your mom, but, <laughs> so, uh, but you can do that. Okay, so let's talk some favorite moments because uh, – I got the Yoda moment was one of actually I'm gonna kind of go in chronological order the a lot of what I think I don't want to project too much because this is something I do all the time how much I'm sold on one of these films in that first viewing is that opening sequence. So it's like, I'll, I'll never forget seeing the first scene of Revenge of the Sith where the freaking fighters are going and you have like a 30 second tracking shot of the most complex space battle we've ever seen. And I was like, this is like Star Wars rock and roll. And so sure. like 15 year old Riley's totally into it. But like, especially now sitting in the presence of three Air Force officers, the opening sequence where we literally see Star Wars B-17s with the yes. rear gunners in a way that it's not, listen, the last episode is literally a cliffhanger on the edge of a cliff and we reject all of that and we start with a really simple mini story it's all, all our own mini Star Wars arc of this character. We have no idea who they are. Yep. But it doesn't matter because you know exactly the kind of person uh, these pilots are, particularly the the bombardier who kicks down the controller. And just seeing that moment, I was just like, that that was insane. Yeah, Bailey, you was, have like uh, I'll let you tell the so, story. Okay, yeah. So that was that uh, tied for my favorite scene in the whole movie because I have a pretty special connection with that. My uh, I am 
uh, a student pilot right now, mm-hmm. trying to be a, an, an Air Force pilot, and my uh, grandfather was actually a tail gunner on B-17s uh, over Germany. And, and, yeah. and, and they were not subtle about that, that design. No, I mean, they were very not. clearly down capturing to, Down to literally the, the way that the barrel shrouds and the gun sights were, were yeah. exactly the same oh. as the 30 cal guns. Like it's like a steel it's, gun sight. It, it on is the, absolutely like, incredible. Yeah, yeah. and that, that kind of, it's the perfect match of both design and what I love about seeing a character that you know, for all we know, that was its own mini Star Wars movie, but then it connected so perfectly to introducing her sister, uh, Rose, later in the movie. And that's so. what made me feel, I, I totally agree with you, Brian, that so much like the books, that all of these other things that I, I, one of the first things I said when we walked out of the theater was, man, there are so many other stories yeah. that can be told that, that come off and of And up film. until this movie, since the acquisition by Disney, we've been promised that there are new and amazing stories in this big, expansive universe, mm. but we've not seen them. And I understand, yeah. and we've talked about this, uh, The Force yeah. Awakens was essentially a press release, a dog whistle saying, "Hey, we're gonna, we're going back to the old style. Remember, remember, remember. Hey, this is great. Uh, Rogue One, you know, I thought would be more like that opening first, uh, first vignette, yeah. but instead turned out to be more like the prequels, uh, uh, which w- wasn't to my liking. This really delivered and really tasted good. I full on." Cried at the be opening, mm-hmm. not knowing any of these characters, yeah, knowing yeah. what that they're that that you know, that they're hearkening back to World War II dramas that I'd seen before or whatever. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, full on got roped all the way in. Mm. All right, uh, Chris. Any any favorite moments, especially now that you've had some more time to process. You know, part I think you for Chris, listen, we got to phrase it like, the, which moment did you hate the least? Yeah. Just, Wait, <laughs> I, I did not. There was no moments where I was just sitting, just disgusted at anything. I no, mean, listen about the third, about the fourth. Not even with the blue joke, milk. Oh yeah, like, that was getting not me. Not that was getting me pretty hard. Blue I was milk like, oh, it's, it's like yeah. cringe factor there. <laughs> no, but if I had no, okay, so favorite moment. It's going to be a lot of other people's favorite moment is yeah. when the cruiser goes to light speed. Yeah. right through the fleet and it just wrecks through a whole bunch of stuff incredibly and cool dead and yeah and <laughs> and bailey over here has got a great story he should tell you that oh my god so this this is our our particular viewing made this so incredibly special so in that moment when the cruiser jumps and that wide shot and it's complete silence yeah in that in that moment of complete silence in our theater mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. about an eight-year-old boy sitting one row up from us just very quietly went Wait, what? <laughs> and everyone just broke down for like 15 seconds through the whole reveal of all of all of the different s- shots of that. There was it was just laughter, and it was the best release. It was before the actual moment, you know, in the, for, of releasing the film. But it, it showed in that theater how how much of everyone at all different ages loved so hard that scene. It was it was mm. just awesome. Yeah. I didn't even mind like the first thing that that popped into my mind, and again, this takes me back to the novels where it's like we've never. Paused for five seconds to consider what happens when you jump to light speed through a thing or or, or in a gravity well yeah. or whatever. It's like they defined a new set of rules and then they you know subverted them again. That mm-hmm. subversion, yeah, man. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Bethany. Any any moments that have really jump out to you? Actually, especially in the um, with the new characters because we have uh, we have a bunch of new characters here that I think really kind of shined well. So at that opening sequence again, I, I, I got to go to the point where Paige, the bomber, is laying on that crate-like opening. And yeah. there's there's this moment where there's this look in, in her eyes and she knows that she's going to die. Yeah. That's the moment when I started crying. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so it, that, I was completely in at that moment of the movie and the, the scene where the cruiser 
is ripped in half. That's one too. But I will say, I think one of the moments that shocked me the most in the entire film mm-hmm. was the moment after the entire duel sequence between Luke and Kylo. And we realize that Luke isn't actually there. And yeah. the way that I read that was he he became one of the most powerful and most wise Jedi and followed in Yoda's footsteps and finally embraced yes. being a Jedi before his end. There is, all right, there's so much we need to talk about Luke Skywalker. In fact, that's how we're going to end the show. And not to say like, and we're, there's so much we're skipping over. It's like, we we just talked about that opening scene, how great it is. And none of us even talked about sort of the hero of the resistance, Poe Dameron. Like the person oh who's actually God. the focus oh, okay. of that scene. So, 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 somebody, but, uh, so Jeff Kanata brought up on Twitter that um, he feels like there was a litmus test right at the very beginning. You're either going to mm-hmm. love it or hate it. And and I personally loved it. But that scene where they reenact a, a Skype call trouble, where, <laughs> where, yes. where uh, uh, Ron Weasley Weasley's brother is all, you know, monologuing, and then and Poe does the same bit that he did. He's like a grandpa or an uncle <laughs> yeah. doing the same joke every time, just calling out the awkwardness of the yeah. situation. Uh, I loved it, and again because it was subverting expectations. Yeah, and it was, it was and by the time it, it, they really doubled down on that joke to where it's like, yes, we're going here. Yes, this is a thing. Yes, General Hux, you, you thought he was the, the terrible villain who gave the big speech at the last movie. No, he's just a bumbling fool in this scene, and it's going to be. F- hilarious to watch but all right we have to talk about luke skywalker but i got to give a shout out to our second sponsor for today and that's two sponsors we got two that's two you owe me jr but i'm no uh sperry has their brand new holiday collection of star wars style shoes what's funny is that you did not know this but chris sander is wearing a set of sperry shoes today and so it's like you planned this not at all i did not know you even had sponsors i didn't know we were recording no idea um no so sperry uh the cool thing is that everyone knows them as these stylish boat shoes, but uh, they've been working with Lucasfilm to get the license for a brand new set of holiday shoes. Now they have the the cloud slip-ons, of which my favorite variety is the Cloud City slip-ons, <laughs> with the famous pattern of the duel. But my actual favorite are the stylish suede, black suede Imperial shoes. These are Darth Vader Sperry's that have the sole as a a translucent red and it's super subtle but if you look closely as you walk on the very back little imperial cog and that's what i like about them is because they're stylish but nerdy but you have to take that second look well i uh i heard the term this is almost 20 years old now but the term taste tribes like uh-huh. these little gang insignias that you wear <laughs> yeah. that said that says you know you run into me at a party like there's yeah. a good chance you and i like the same thing <laughs> and i and 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 i'm i'm with you i don't want them to be overt and garish like wearing like like the idea of wearing a t-shirt with a brand name Right across the top, that's... Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, check them out. It's all available at StarWarsReport.com slash Sperry and show off your Star Wars style with Sperry this holiday season. It's a great, great Christmas present for the Star Wars fan in your life. StarWarsReport.com slash Sperry. That's S-P-E-R-R-Y. Luke Skywalker. All right, guys. Let's Luke Skywalker. So this is... It's interesting because... For hardcore Star Wars nerds, like pretty much everyone here is, and we've read the Timothy Zahn novels, and we've seen an alternative picture oh, of Luke by Skywalker. The, by the way, as mm-hmm. a, after watching last night, mm-hmm. I informed my daughter that the novels existed. Yeah. Woke up this morning, she's already like three hours into the audiobooks <laughs> of the Timothy Zahn stuff. I was so Which proud. Is so great because now that these are no longer a part of the official canon, there's still these amazing stories that are now still being published under the Legends title. Sure. Which I loved in the movies. Like I was the Legend Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yes. I was like, I see yes. what you're doing there, Disney. Um, but uh, it's interesting because uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who, Aaron Goins, um, and he's been on the podcast a few times, does the uh, Star Wars Bookworms, big book nerd. 
he loves the Luke Skywalker of the Legends universe, the the hero Luke that took on the burden of starting the Jedi Order and despite all of its flaws, pushed through setbacks and, you know, traitor within the family, you know, that entire storyline of Luke. And this is not that Luke Skywalker. This is is no hero of all breaker of chains. And certainly we get the hero uh, moment at the end of the film. But, uh, Ben, I want to ask you a little bit about what was your reaction to seeing they really went there when it comes to a Luke Skywalker who has just rejected everything of not just the Jedi Order from the prequels. He's rejected the teachings of Yoda. He's rejected his legacy like you know the jedi order ray had to remind him no you're the one who saved darth vader he's like yeah no no the jedi caused darth vader he's like a little uh, quick reminder there uh you kind of helped this guy out yeah but by, he's kind of by rejected the way, cheap that shot though, though it might have been deeply loved him trashing on the prequels <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. that's where, that's where uh, nine-year-old riley's heart died <laughs> but the pod race was really cool uh all right no, i'll stop i'll stop that's not the discussion for this show but Bethany, what was your take on on Seeing that Luke Skywalker, who it was the it took most of the movie for him to come around. So I, I've been a little afraid of exploring around too much online with people's reactions to this film. So, <laughs> but I have heard rumblings that people who have really loved Luke Skywalker hated this movie in part because of how Luke was portrayed, or certainly that part of the yeah, film. or that yeah, aspect yeah. of the film. And I, I have been a massive Luke Skywalker fan from the beginning. And he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters, mm-hmm. period, across the entire franchise. And I actually really loved what they did with him in this film because it makes sense for him to fall a little bit. And not to the dark side, but to start questioning how things were going. Because... I mean, every hardcore Star Wars fan has questioned the Jedi Order after what happened in the prequels. I mean, not after a great what happened track with record. Mace Windu, like, yeah. you know. And I think Yoda I, was very wise in in the way that he handled it. And I, I think Luke took it to a bit of an extreme and saw what happened to Ben Solo. Let's go. And it, it, he he yeah, gave it as well, like his fault. And we'll we'll touch on that more. Although I, I just wanted to jump inside the universe real quick and let's remind everybody Sam Jackson's line from Revenge of the Sith. Yes, I'm going there. When it's like right at the beginning. Of the third act of the movie, he's like, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. And, like, and you're like, Yeah, you do. Now, darn right. Great timing. Sensing it about 10 years earlier might have been a little more helpful, but, uh, but like, yeah, yeah, they failed. But, um, so, so it makes sense that Luke struggles with this and sure. that he has to be reminded by Ray and then he has to have Yoda come around and smack him with a cane. Yeah. And to, I think- to, the movie Realize requires, his full potential. and this is not a criticism. This is me, I think, understanding that criticism. The movie requires a little bit of Im- imagination when it comes to understanding the depth of Luke's rejection because of Ben. Because all we get are these like brief little flashbacks that don't really go into that story. Well, and, and they, not they also that story. did a he said, she said thing, exactly. where you saw yeah. different versions of the same thing, and the truth, of course, lay somewhere in the middle. And, and yeah. I think they did a good job of conveying that. Yeah, because at first, if you're like, yeah, no, Luke Skywalker is ready to murder his apprentice because he thought he might. Uh, go to the dark side a little bit that's and like and that's not what happened but it, it it's it's vague enough to where i think that's why there's room for that 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 gap in the story bailey you look like you have some sense uh, of yeah opinion yeah on well this. i i think part of that is even even though this movie was about subverting expectations and not being like the original trilogy there was an amount of luke luke in the in the original trilogy and all the films up until the very last part of Return of the Jedi was was still a, a boy. Like he was still learning. He was still very much, you know, 
headstrong and having to get whacked on the head by you know Yoda or Ben. Yeah. And and I think part of the part of the reason that he was portrayed the way he was in this film is is hearkening back to that a little bit. Instead of making him the master of of the books, which I loved, that yeah. he he became the new Yoda. Like he made the Jedi Order better and different and allowed you know he wasn't as structurally rigid as as the 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 prequel Jedi yeah. Order was. Did uh was I the only one who read all of uh, Luke's um, backstory as really, I, I, I don't want to say clumsy, but 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 uh, it felt like a fairly obvious allegory to the Disney story. Like when when Luke is talking, it's really Disney saying, "How are we supposed to live up to these expectations? This it's yeah, all legends, absolutely. it's all nonsense. It's like, well, I, we're just who we are. We're gonna tell our story, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the best ways that I kind of got past that criticism or why that wasn't as big a deal to me seeing the film was that Yoda scene because as as, as great as it was to see you know <laughs> it, him going into the temple it was a that was not just an on the nose fun allegory I think it was a very powerful one where Yoda's coming in and listen we're ready to take this super serious these are the these are the sacred texts you know and he's yelling it and Yoda's the one who comes in and just literally lights the place on fire with with the quote which I think got the biggest laugh at the draft house is like page turners they were not yes yes read them have you and he's just like we we're not going to be that precious and that is legitimately if you're a Star Wars fan you're listening to this uh, and 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 I know this I've been talking to you we've we've been in in our in our uh, Patreon chat and stuff this has been an ongoing discuss- discussion. If if you're holding uh, Star Wars close, it doesn't matter which film. The, some of these films are going to hurt you because yeah. if you're. But I think what this film does and offers the opportunity. You don't have to, but offers you the opportunity to uh, lower those stakes a little bit and just appreciate the story for what it is and understand that. The Last Jedi isn't The Empire Strikes Back, you know, one of the greatest films of all time, but it is a great film that also happens to be a Star Wars film, a hypothetical I posed to you, Brian, right before the movie started, sure. and I'm happy uh, hey, that I, that's the case. I know we're about to wrap up. Can sure. I make a case for what I believe is the best single moment of the entire film? All right, let's film? hear it, let's hear it. And it's all based on this subversion, like the, the entire thing, like, you know, uh, uh, Luke's Dagobah is the exact opposite of Dagobah. It's sunny, it's beautiful, it, yeah, yeah. it's well-populated, there's a lot of love and all this stuff, you know? Um, but uh, uh, the moment that sticks out the most to me, that is most characteristic of this movie, is the moment that Kyle Kylo and Ray team up against mm. Snoke, and like uh, Snoke, of course, you know he's the big bad. He yeah. can't die in the middle of the second whoops, you know. And and <laughs> and there we go. And and of course, um, they rely on so much of the imagery to conjure images of Return of the Jedi. They even uh, mm. resurface that theme, the oh yeah, down to like them both going up in the elevator and it opening. Yeah, yeah. Correct, correct, right. And and imagine if if this is supposed to be the allegory to um uh, or the the uh, I don't know the coupling to uh, Empire Strikes Back, like you wouldn't see a romance between I guess you did see a, a familial connection between Luke and and uh, Darth but but uh, sure, I, sure. I, I, I don't know like that moment was just giddy and it was not on the chessboard at all yeah and then they played it and I was like well now anything's possible and that, that was a great moment <laughs> yeah that was probably the most gleeful Ryan Johnson <laughs> screw you moment. yeah I have another I have another contender though <laughs> okay okay raise parents oh yeah that you know what that is the biggest yeah. one is that's that was Ryan Johnson that was saying haha screw you to J.J. Abrams, yes, yes, who yes, is just yes. like the entire Force Awakens, is like I'm waiting for my family. Yeah. Like, I wonder who they are. They're probably really important. <laughs> and he's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's an infinite number of people who are not your parents. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And, our... and what's funny is that, like, as Star Wars fans, we're like Ray. 
we know that she she knew that the her parents were not important she knew somewhere deep inside her that they weren't going to come back uh and it it took being faced with that Mm -hmm. uh rather forcefully pun intended uh for that for her to like be able to admit it to herself Yes. Oh, by the way, yeah, one yeah. more, one more Ryan Johnson screw you <laughs> okay, scene sure, sure, is sure. when Snoke's like, "What are you doing with that dumb mask? That thing's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous, and you look silly wearing it." And all. he's like, "Forget this mask. You're right. It's dumb." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. All right. Yeah. No, we could go on for this forever. We're going to be coming in the coming weeks to uh, really re- break down a lot of the themes. I don't know, like John Williams' score, uh, some of the character moments, the writing. Really dig into it a lot with uh, a great panel of folks coming in the coming weeks. We're so. going to be doing talking. We're going to be Rose doing talking. Really, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rose, oh yeah, we didn't even talk about Rose. Ah, Rose is right, amazing. We got to break it off um, for this kind of initial reaction podcast. Guys, let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Star Wars Report and of course Star Wars Report at gmail.com. Uh, Bethany folks can find you on the internet. Right? Everywhere on the internet at Bethany L. Blanton. Oh, cool. That's uh, you, you should follow that. And we will have the links to that in the show notes. Uh, Brian Brushwood, do you do anything on the internet? Oh, one or two like, things. Uh, you might be able to find me. Uh, but uh, of course, I aggregate all of it at twitter.com slash wood. S- H-W-O-O-D. Uh, excellent. Yeah, follow him there. And then I think the one other thing that I want to specifically send Star Wars Report people to is After Things, a kind of creative discussion podcast. And I know you guys are going to have an amazing Star Wars breakdown that I can't wait to hear. Yeah, you know, Andrew Main called me at one in the morning Thursday night. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, I, I was dead asleep. And I and he's just, I could hear his grin all the way from the West Coast. Yes, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, it's going to be amazing. So we'll put the, put the links to that. I'm also at The Riley Guy. Do you guys uh, have anything you guys want to plug or? You just want to say support the troops. It's <laughs> like, uh, yes, that uh, and um, go read the books. Yes, they're still so Enjoy so good. The legend of Luke Skywalker. Yes. You can still do it. At yeah. least you read can... all the Timothy Zahn books, and then At maybe the uh, Ocean's Eleven one, the Scoundrels. <laughs> that was a fun yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Chris, any parting thoughts? Uh, you know. Just based on my preliminary experience, if you've only seen it once, <laughs> go see it again. <laughs> that's Good that's advice. the only thing I can add Good on to, to that. advice. All right, we had a great time, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. Uh, may the Force be with you. Uh, and many Bothans... <laughs> no, forget that. <laughs> many Porgs died to bring you this podcast. We'll see you, see you guys later. Boom. Yeah. Yeah.